Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. Good morning. It's Wednesday. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Since we started hearing murmurings of a fast-spreading respiratory virus back in late 2019, we have seen so many iterations of coronavirus. And with all that trauma and grief and a few come-ups, let's not discount those, we have officially been in a national pandemic health emergency for over three years. And tomorrow, that's going to change. The feds and the state of Illinois are lifting the federal public health emergency for COVID-19 in less than 24 hours. Yesterday, there was an infectious disease specialist on WBEZ's daily talk show Reset, Mia Teramina. She said it's a pretty reasonable time for this. I mean, looking at that map of of COVID transmission in the U.S. and seeing a mostly green map is something that is so refreshing compared to what we have seen in years past. But Dr. Teramina also says this doesn't mean COVID-19 itself is over. Just like the flu, RSV, and other respiratory viruses, COVID is still a threat to folks who are immunocompromised. And she expects COVID numbers to go back up again in the fall. Another update on the crisis with incoming migrants we've been talking about in Chicago. First of all, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is declaring a state of emergency. The city is receiving up to 150 migrants per day. And she says Chicago is out of space for housing asylum seekers coming from Colorado and from Texas. She has been saying this for months, but an official emergency order allows Lightfoot to call on the National Guard for assistance. Now, she says the city is not at that point just yet, and help from the National Guard wouldn't be a catch-all solution. But the city is competing for more federal funding, which could definitely help. Chicago City Council members have given initial approval for $50 million in emergency funding. This would pay for staffing at seven city-run shelters and three respite sites. But only through June. The funding still needs full city council approval. Secondly, a federal law that restricts access to the U.S. border is set to expire at the end of this week. So as we get ready to swear in a new mayor on Monday, Chicago City Hall is bracing for a surge in the number of migrants seeking asylum. That means finding shelter and food for hundreds of new arrivals could be Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson's first crisis once he's officially taken office. My colleague Claudia Morell spoke to Alderman Byron Sigcho Lopez. He says it's important for Johnson to be prepared. We have families with children who will need help in local schools. We need people who need to be treated with trauma that need to be going to a bilingual community clinics. And these are services that are not unique to migrants. Sigcho Lopez says Johnson should work with the Latino caucus to avoid more neighborhood fights over who gets access to these limited resources. We raise awareness about many things during the month of May, mental health. Later, I'm going to talk about composting. And also, May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Hundreds of folks in this community and their allies rallied in Springfield yesterday. They were calling for state agencies to offer more language interpreters to support folks when they need access to public services. Democratic State Representative Dagmara Avalar is sponsoring a measure regarding this. It would create a language access and equity division within the governor's office. 
Avilar and other speakers at the rally talked about having to interpret for family members when they need to do things like get a driver's license. Anushka Gupta is with the organization Asian Americans Advancing Justice in Chicago. We saw during the pandemic how many immigrant communities and Asian American communities face barriers to accessing public services. Um, and that burden really fell on community-based organizations. Avilar's proposal has cleared the House and is now in the Senate. And now for a few quick hits. A new study from the Journal of the American Medical Association looked at some gun shooting data. They found that more than half of Chicagoans will witness a shooting by the age of 40 and more than half of Black and Latinx participants compared to one-fourth of white participants had witnessed a shooting by the time they were 40. The average age for witnessing a shooting was 14 years old. The study came from the University of Cambridge, and it tracked more than 2,000 Chicagoans for 25 years, from childhood in the 90s to the start of middle age. And an update on the civil case involving former President Donald Trump, jurors found him liable for the defamation of E. Jean Carroll, but they rejected her rape accusation. The jury awarded Carroll a total of $5 million in damages. And a panel in the Illinois Senate has approved a proposal that would require the state to track stolen SNAP benefits. Now, this has been a problem across the country. Advocates have been calling on legislators to also replace benefits stolen from part of last year, but that part has been removed from the proposal. The measure still needs approval from the full Senate. Around 2 million Illinois residents receive SNAP benefits to buy food. As for the weather, it's going to be nice today. Sunny and clear with temperatures going up to the mid-70s. And that's it for now. But this afternoon, do you compost? It's International Compost Awareness Week, so we're talking about how to responsibly manage all that organic waste we make every day and why. If you want to take your trash out less, you should start composting. My colleague Courtney Kippers followed her compost from her table all the way to the bag of dirt it turned into, and she's going to tell us about it. That's today at 2 o'clock. I'm Erin Allen. I'll talk to you then.